Yeah, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, June 17th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelia Jr. Joining me is host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, Snowbicle Michael. What up, Bless? It's nice to join you here on Kind of Funny Games Daily on a beautiful Thursday. Uh, we're finally done with E3, and I'm ready just to talk games and kind of sail off into the sunset of the weekend with you, Bless. Yeah, man, I'm very excited to have you. We got the rare Snowbike Mike appearance. I and mean, you got we got you for the perfect episode because this is a very Xbox heavy episode. We just got done watching Paris Lily's Xbox showcase. So we're gonna talk all about that. But for you, how are you feeling now that we're we're a few days past E3? We're kind of still in the E3 shenanigans with the Xbox Extended Showcase, but how are you feeling? I'm really pleased. I think it was really fun, first off, as E3 as a whole, along with Summer Game Fest. We gotta kind of loop that together there, bless always. But it's really cool to see all of us come together over this weekend slash week to celebrate games. I think last year we really missed out on that, the camaraderie, the enthusiasm shared during one big week, right? It's much different than like, oh, here's just a Ubisoft presentation in a June. Here's just some random indie developer showcase on a, you know, a random Wednesday in August. I really love coming together and just sharing that fun over the course of a week. And I think only E3 truly encapsulates that moment. And they did a really good job at bringing us all together. I know there were some ups and some downs, but overall, looking at the week, like that was a lot of fun. That was great. Hell yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about E3. We're going to talk about Bethesda. And we're going to talk about more because to, uh, this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Of course, today we're not at 10 a.m. live. We're at 12 uh, or 12 noon live. Why does it feel like it's way later in the day? We're at 12 noon live. Uh, we because we just watched a two-hour showcase. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's 3 p.m. for some reason. Um, of course, on a regular day, we're live at 10 a.m. Uh, but of course, right here. Uh, you're, if you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you. Are you aware that the Kind of Funny team killed E3 2021, absolutely destroyed it? There are more than 30 reaction videos, podcasts, and more over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. It's a beautiful site to see if you click over to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Just the, the wealth of content you can uh, look to to catch up on what the last week has been. And that's not even counting the gameplay streams over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. Of course, if you missed anything, go over and check it out. If you liked it, kick us a buck on patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh speaking of patreon thank you to our patreon producers donovan harkness and blackjack today brought to you by ha by honey caviar and credit karma but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we have eight stories today a baker's dozen and Mike, let me tell you, this is a fun one because this this usually doesn't normally happen where Greg Miller is the one that compiled the document uh, for the show that I'm hosting because we mixed things up. We wanted to support Paris Lily. We wanted, we wanted to see what the Xbox Game Showcase is all about. And so Greg called the Audible and was like, hey, you're going to host KFGD later today. Uh, and I'm going to make the doc for you as all that stuff is going. And so I'm I'm going, in, going into this just as blind as you are, Snowbike Mike. Are you ready? Uh, I'm ready to go in there and venture through Greg Miller's minds right now. Let's go. 
let's go. Story number one. Bethesda is sorry for Starfield exclusivity. This is from Ari Notice at Kotaku. Starfield, the big spacefaring RPG from Bethesda, isn't coming to PlayStation. Microsoft confirmed as much in its E3 2021 press conference. This morning, Bethesda's Pete Hines addressed and even apologized for the exclusivity in a live-streamed interview with GameSpot. Quote, I don't know how to allay this, the concerns of PlayStation 5, 5 fans other than to say, well, I'm a PlayStation 5 player as well, and I've played games on that console, and there's games I'm going to continue to play on it, Hines said. He continued, quote, all I can really say is I apologize because I'm certain that it's that I'm certain that that's frustrating to folks, but there's not a whole lot I can do about it. End quote. Now, con- now contrast that uh, with remarks made by Starfield executive producer Todd Howard in a wide ranging interview with The Telegraph from earlier this week. Howard detailed why he thought Starfield's exclusivity was for the best. Quote, you don't ever want to leave people out. Right. Howard said. Uh, he continued, but at the end of the day, your ability to, to focus and say, this is the game I want to make, these are the platforms I want to make it on, and being able to really lean into those, into those is going to make for a better product, end quote. Howard further cited the ways in which you can release first-party Xbox games as one reason for why the, the deal is a positive. Uh, between Xbox Game Pass, which debuts first-party games on launch day at no extra cost to subscribers, and Xbox's push toward cloud gaming, it's easier to get games into the hands of players. Quote, their ability to play our games uh, doesn't go down, Howard said. It goes up dramatically. Uh, Mike, during the stream, you went back to check out what Pete Hines has to say. You, you, got, you got to hear the quote directly from his mouth. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, bless. Uh, I, I took the time to go back in there because I think the quote is kind of underserved when you don't actually feel the vibe and the moment and the question asked and going into it. And I think it's one of those of like, now we're seeing the human side of this big acquisition, right? It's easy to be like, hey, Xbox bought Bethesda, they're going full exclusive, see you later, right? But there's also people within that company and they're gamers too, right? For Pete Hines, he's playing games on everything. And of course, he's sorry that fans aren't gonna be able to play the next Bethesda big title, but in all honesty, it's way above him, right? We all see this. We all know that. It's easy to be like, hey, that's too bad for other gamers. I'm sorry you guys don't get to enjoy this moment. But as a corporate side of things, he's not going to be the guy that can have any sway to change this, right? He's just a piece in the cog moving forward. And so I think we got to see the human side of the things, of, right? If we dial them all back and we zoom in and we see all these Bethesda employees, a lot of them are going to be like, yeah, man, that's too bad that these people can't play these games. I'm sorry for that. But that's not an apology for the company itself, right? Company was bought for $7.5 billion. The goal is simple. We got to bring the best games over to this service on Xbox. And Bethesda is going to be doing that. And it's going to be full exclusive. So it was fun to see the human side. And you can tell Pete Hines is a gamer. And he feels for those guys and gals on the other side. Yeah. I think for me, this one strikes as a reality check of Pete Hines going the reality of it is, yeah, you guys had access to these games before. You, you know, we know how many Bethesda fans exist on PlayStation. But the fact of the matter is, when you when you have a business and you are making a big business decision, as Microsoft is with buying Bethesda and having those games go first party, it is that reality of this is what it is. You know, Starfield, a game that plenty of you probably were probably were looking forward to, is going to be present on Xbox. And to the to the Todd Howard side of things, in his quote, you know, him mentioning that this is uh the the ability to focus and say this is the game we want to make and these are the platforms we want to make it on and that's going to make for a better product i think that rings true as well right we talk about how 
game development is so difficult and being able to focus on a platform and not have to worry about the, this many amount of different SKUs is going to go a long way into being being able to make a game that probably runs runs better and performs better, especially when we're talking about a Bethesda Game Studio game. If there's anything that Bethesda Game Studios is known for, outside of having big RPGs, outside of having these deep open worlds, outside of having these cool stories that people to, uh, can connect to, they have a lot of bugs. Like That's the thing that, that Bethesda especially is known for, is having these games that can be super buggy at times. And I think being able to focus on one platform, being able to focus on Xbox Series X, and PC is going to make for a game that hopefully performs better, hopefully has more focus, hopefully takes advantage of what those boxes can do. Um, but yeah, like I, I, on going back to the Pete Hines thing, right? The apology. I think there's, I, I, I think it's a nice gesture for him to be like, "Hey guys, you know, it is what it is, and sorry, sorry that it's like this." Because I think we get into the conversation often of, well. If Nintendo bought a first-party studio or bought a first-party publisher, they're obviously not going to make their games for other platforms. If, if this is PlayStation, we wouldn't be asking this question as much. But I think context very much comes in, into play with it, where this is Bethesda. This is Bethesda Game Studio. Elder Scrolls and Fallout sell astronomically and have this huge audience. Skyrim alone is one of the best-selling single-player games out there. And so I think when we look at the context of what these deal the context of these deals and what is happening with bethesda specifically i think there is more of that question of all right like what does exclusivity look like is exclusivity for every single game and we keep having this conversation over and over again and a lot of it is speculation a lot of it is predictions and with this last uh e3 showcase you know we're getting confirmation with that confirmation i think comes the again big reality check of this is this is it right these, these are the answers that we want and it might not be the answer that all of us are happy with but it's answers, and so again, yeah. it is what it is. Exactly, and now for to or for Pete and his team on the communication and marketing side, right now, here's the new job. Now we need to narrow in our focus. We need to make sure we're marketing these games in the right way towards the right audience, right? And he's just a cog in the wheel, like I said before. He's working for this company, and now he shifts his gear, just like Todd and the team now get to narrow their focus on the Xbox ecosystem and making that game great for them. On the flip side, for the marketing teams, right, they go from, hey, where are we marketing this game to? All of the different audiences or now a certain audience. And so him and his squad here for Pete, they need to move forward. They need to now reevaluate and understand the audience that they're marketing for, how they can market for each audience, right? Because we talk about the PC side of things, we talk about the console, and we also talk about xCloud. So just like he would for PlayStation, Nintendo, if they were doing everything in between, now he narrows that focus down and him and his team move forward. But, you know, we're talking about the human side of things, right? Of course, he's going to mm -hmm. feel bad for those players. He's only human, right? But the big corporate overlords above him are going to tell him what to do and he's going to follow through because that's his job. And so now they shift gears. Now he focuses in on that. But in no way, shape or form is this some big, crazy apology we all should worry about. We should see the human side of things. And then oh, yeah. the corporate side of things. Here. I, I, I like Pete Hines saying that, oh, yeah, I play on a PlayStation. Like, I'm a PlayStation 5 player. I like that platform, right? And I think, again, I think you, you say it well that that showcases the human side of things. And that's the thing I like. I, that's the thing that I like um, uh, from Xbox. That's the thing that Xbox is very good at doing. They have people, they have personalities. Opening up the Xbox game showcase with Todd Howard was a was a big power move because one it is showing that they are seeing bethesda as xbox and it shows that relationship well but then it re-highlights the fact that 
we have people like Todd Howard. We have people like Pete Hines. We have people like Phil Spencer. We have people in our community like Paris Lilly that we're going to have uh, come through and host an event for us. It is them putting faces to the platform in a way that goes above and beyond with how you connect with that platform. And so uh, shout out to that. Mike, I want to continue talking about Xbox with story number two. We got Paris Lily's Xbox Showcase, as we're talking, uh, as we're calling it. Uh, we got a recap for you. Before I get into the recap, uh, Mike, what do you think about the showcase? How'd you like it? Thank you so much for that blessing. You and I came in a little bit late, but I wanted to take a moment and just give a big shout out to our good friend Paris Lily for hosting that and going out of his yep. comfort zone. One thing that I've gotten to come familiarized with and grow with Paris is is I know Paris is a very confident person. He knows who he is and he wants to be that. But there is also the Paris who wants to better himself and work on his hosting jobs, work on his on-camera talent. And you could see that from Paris right here in this, right? He was commanding of the stage. He knew that he was going to be himself. And it was so much fun to watch. And so to see this after the big E3 showcase, like you said, Bless, like Xbox, first off, didn't need to do this. And they didn't need to bring in a community member, right? By no shape, way, or form. Is Paris affiliated with Xbox? They could have brought on a Jeff Rubenstein if they wanted to. They could have brought on any of their team, but they chose to go within the community of Xbox and pick Paris Lily out to come and speak for them. And I think that shows you volumes. Like you said, Bless, like Xbox is showing you the human side of things from the developers to the big executives and how they are and how they're presented. And now we get to have Paris up there is a big deal. And so I thought this was awesome. We got to tune in on the back half and it was really fun to take a little deeper dive into some of these games, which was cool. Yeah, yeah. It was such a beautiful thing having Paris up there. You know, you mentioned him stepping out of his comfort zone, and it's crazy because watching that showcase, he couldn't look, he couldn't look more comfortable, right? Like, he absolutely destroyed uh, hosting that thing. He did an amazing job. Uh, and, like, Greg had the tweet, right, where it's like watching this uh, feels like seeing somebody become a star in front of your very eyes where, you know, Paris – we know he's talented from Xcast. We know he's talented from from appearing on Kind of Funny Games Daily and doing Gamertag Radio. But to be recognized by Xbox and being brought up to host that, I think is such a beautiful thing, both from the Xbox side of being able to, to be willing to reach into the community and have somebody host, but then also from the side of, man, like, look at this glow up before our eyes. Like, it's such a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, but let's get let's get into this recap. Of course, uh, this was the Xbox Game Showcase Extended. Uh, started off with Double Fine, Obsidian, Ninja Theory, Rare, and dev partners uh, from around the world. Uh, we got Forza Horizon 5. We got a Hellblade tech look. Uh, not having gameplay, um, but Greg says here uh, it's about it was about how pretty it is and how they're making it. And so that's an awesome thing. We got the big news with Design Lab being back. Uh, you design it, they build it. Uh, the next gen controller. No elite controller, uh, but there are new colors. And of course, f- fucking Paris Lily <laughs> had the caw can't cook uh, thing at the bottom of his controller and shut it down with that. So shout out to that. Uh, we got Psychonauts 2. We got the Anacrusis, Chernobylite, um, a Plague Tale Innocence. The original game uh, is being optimized for Series X slash S. Uh, that's coming with 4K resolution and 60 FPS, and that's coming July 6th. We got Age of Empires 4, another look at it. We got another look at Battlefield. We got more from Sea of Thieves. Uh, and Sea of Thieves is having their own Sunday showcase uh, to talk about Pirate's Life. That's the new content coming soon. Uh, we got Flight Simulator. They talked about how you can land anywhere. Uh, we got Hades. We got a bunch of indies. We got Grounded. They talked about the Shroom and Doom update. We got another look at Shredder. We got Shroom. Halo Infinite. And we got a deeper dive into Scarlet Nexus. Mike, is there any of these that you want to talk about specifically? 
Yeah, I got a couple for you, Bless. I want to start off with Xbox Design Lab, right? I think this is a big deal. This was a heavily requested feature be brought back, right? If you remember, we used to be able to do this on the Xbox One controllers. We shut that down for quite some time, and people were kind of getting antsy around this time to say, hey, when is Design Lab coming back? We have a brand new set of console controllers here with the share button, and I'm ready to create. And I think the coolest part is now it's back. 18 colors to choose from, a number of different pieces to design, and nothing is cooler in gaming than showing your personal shelf, right? Your expression when you get out there on the sticks. And I think it's really awesome now Xbox is back with Design Lab and allowing us to create what we want to play with, right? I think we've seen cool controllers for special editions. We've seen the rollout of Xbox specifically having a number of special edition controllers to kick off the new generation. PlayStation has come out with two, I believe, on the opposite side, but nothing beats being able to put your own flavor, your own sauce uh, onto this. And I really love what they've created. I was actually privileged enough to be able to create mine before the release. That embargo is now live, so I can talk about it. And this is really, really cool. I'm excited to get my hands on mine tomorrow and take a look at what it really looks like up close and personal. But I know that Xbox has got me, right? I'm going to go back in there and design probably two to three more controllers because nothing is cooler than putting your own touch and flair on it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite things that Xbox does. I'm very happy Xbox Design Lab is back. I was I I didn't know that it was it was coming anytime soon, and so I was a bit surprised that we didn't get it on Sunday. But it's nice to see that uh, this Xbox game, the Extended Games Showcase, had it here uh, and and was worth tuning into at, at the very least for this, if not more. Um, and yeah, I'm all about this. A thing I want to talk about uh, uh, from today, I do want to give a shout out to uh, A Plague Tale Innocence, which nice. is a game that I would recommend anybody go check out. It's a very good game. Um, and of course, that's going to set you up to play Plague Tale's, uh, Plague's Tale Requiem when that eventually comes out. Then, of course, doing the thing, optimizing the game for Series X, 4K resolution, 60 FPS, uh, and it coming July 6th, I think is so exciting. Uh, and I love, love, love uh, the efforts that Xbox puts in into bringing bringing old games back and making old games new. I know Plague Tale Innocence isn't that old, but it's last gen and them optimizing it for new gen with the new perks is always a fun thing. It's always a thing that I love. Um, and I also do want to shout out uh, Sea of Thieves, which continues to look cool with the new content that they're putting into it. This Pirates of the Caribbean crossover, super awesome. Uh, and then them doing a showcase for it, I think awesome as well. You know, I made the joke during the stream that it's funny how they keep kicking kicking forward the Sea of Thieves stuff into a next showcase. And so you start from Xbox Game Showcase and you're like, see more at the extended, you get the extended. They're like, see more at the Sea of Thieves thing. But, you know, being able to be, to have that focus uh, on one game is going to do it wonders, especially for a game like Sea of Thieves, which is live. And I think is a pretty good one for the Xbox audience in terms of uh, this game that has a lot of involvement, that has a lot of hanging out with friends, uh, a uh, quote unquote games as a service type game. You know, I think is a, such an awesome thing. And so that looks cool. Can't wait to tune into that. Or at the very least, look at the things that they talk about from that um, in, in post stream updates. Um, but yeah, like overall, this is a really good extended showcase. You know, I, Greg talked about it as well during the during the live stream that, um, you know, this is a bit like Treehouse Live, but done in a way that's even better where it is. Hey, here's the Xbox Game Showcase. We're gonna we're gonna go through the headlines. We're gonna talk about all these games. They're all coming to Game Pass, and it's paced beautifully, and it's there for 
the wide audience to tune in and it's in and out. None of your time is wasted. You get stuff, you get stuff that's for you. You might get a few things here that aren't for you, but overall it's a good show to watch. But then to have this extended look, be able to have those developers sit down, have the interviews, have it still be this big produced thing, bring in a host and have it be a fun sit down with people that might be more core to the Xbox audience. I think that is a, a, a beautiful way to approach this type of showcase. And I think they absolutely knocked it out of the park. Totally blessed. It pairs so well with the E3 conference they're coming off of, right? We touched on it before, but that E3 presentation, the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase was so well done, right? We talked about games, 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 having that narrow focus and getting us through it instead of slowing down with the developer diaries. I think it's a great job of being like, hey, we'll give you that extended look. Keeps them in the news cycle as well, right, Bless? We come hot yep. off of E3. Everybody's a little bit tired. That's a gigantic list of things on IGN and the game spots all around where you can scroll forever and looking at these things. Guess what? Now Xbox gets right back up at the top of the news cycle coming hot off of this extended look. So another great job by the team and yeah, very well produced, really fun to see the devs and go a little bit deeper into that. And on Sea of Thieves, just want to piggyback off of that. Pirate's Life comes out on the 22nd. You have another deep dive, another presentation on Sunday the 20th. You just keep that hype cycle going to jump into this big addition for Sea of Thieves, which is a smart move. Mike, talking about Xbox, I want to bring in a question from the nanobiologist who writes into patreon.com slash games, just like you can, and says, hey guys, we know more Xbox acquisitions are incoming. It's inevitable. What is the over-under that a Sobo is going to be one? They made the, the amazing Microsoft Flight Sim game and are making both Plague Tales, the first being a critical success and is partnering with Xbox for Game Pass release, even if it is published by Focus Home Interactive. So do you think this amazing studio will be acquired soon? What other studios do you think we'll hear about soon uh, that will be under the Xbox umbrella? Thanks, the nanobiologist. Mike, where, where are you at with Asobo? Do you think Microsoft acquires them? So Sobo and them seem to have a really good partnership going on with what they've done in the past. And I think no doubt about that, their talents, like nanobiologist said, probably have them high up on the list. If you had a top 10 list, maybe top five, they would be somewhere in it. Do I think it's the next move? I don't think so, actually. I think we're going to go for something different, something that holds maybe some more IPs in that. I think it's going to be a race as well for IPs as well. They're blessed, right? Mm. We're not only looking for the talented studios, but we also want those intellectual properties that might be able to go far for us. But Asobo, very talented team, very impressed by what they do. And so I, I like them. I give you a high chance on that one on my side, Bless. Yeah, I think that's also a high chance. You know, when we talk about acquisitions, I think you talk about the relationship between the dev and the publisher. And so when we look at something like Insomniac being acquired, being acquired by PlayStation, that made a lot of sense because you have that Insomniac PlayStation relationship that has developed over the years and you had them coming off of Spider-Man 2018, which was one of the, the fastest selling PlayStation games in history, right? And with that, that makes I, that makes a lot of sense for what uh, what that relationship can be and how well they work together. And I think Asobo is that for Xbox when you look at Microsoft Flight Sim and, and the amazing job they've done with that. And now the deals they're making with Plague Tale, I think, speaks to the fact that they have that relationship. And I'm sure Microsoft on their side would love for that to flourish. Um, but I think you make a great point about IP as well, which is, you know, Bethesda Game Studios, of course, or Bethesda uh, Publisher, I should say, the studios under Bethesda, fantastic studios, talented studios. You know, we're talking about Arcane, we're talking about id, we're talking about Bethesda Game Studios, and we're talking about more. Um, that is a very big move to get those studios in, but 
IP as well means so much. Having the Fallout IP, having the Elder Scrolls IP, having the Doom IP, Wolfenstein, all of those is going to mean so much for Xbox and Microsoft. And I guess that begs the question of what is, if you're Microsoft, what is the move for you now, right? Like what IP do you want to acquire? What is the big, what is the next big move for you? Um, and for that, do you have any predictions? Do you have any idea what you think that might be? Yeah, so I was, uh, you know, I was privileged to have Colt Eastwood on the show, a good Xbox personality and uh, influencer. And he had some really good polls there, Bless, that made me think he was bringing up Crytek and what they could do or maybe an IO Interactive. And I think another one that after coming off of Sunday, what we saw here, the partnership with Avalanche Studios could be a really cool acquisition mm. there and something that would really be near and dear to my heart coming hot off of all of the just causes. So there's some really good polls here, but Colt had some great insights. Of course, you can keep up with them and Jez and Rand. They're always looking at what could be next, right? And we talked about those guys. We talked about Netherrealm and how weird that would be, right? Then you start to get into the WB mantra and seeing what you could find from there. But IP, I think, is going to be a big piece of that. Bless, I think that's probably 50, maybe 60% of it. They have 23 game development studios and multiple teams within those studios, right? Do we really need more development teams or do we mm. need more IP that carry a lot of weight in the games industry? Yeah, WB Games uh, would be the one that I would point to for sure as a valuable one based off of everything we've talked about, especially because they're in this place uh, with all that's going on with Discovery and WB that things are shaking up over there, right? And we've had we've had the reports in, uh, uh, I think it was last year, where they were talking about possibly selling and looking for possible buyers to, to offload them. And with things shaking up once again, I wouldn't be surprised if those talks reopened up. And I think Microsoft for how... Uh, how much they've had that fervor of like trying to get in new developers and new IP and all that stuff. I think WB would be such a valuable ad. Um, and yeah, you know, with that, you're talking about Mortal Kombat. You are talking about uh, 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 some some DC franchises. If they're able to get those go, those licenses with that as well, uh, you're talking about some big moves there. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that was if that was one that they looked at. It'll be really interesting. Bless, is that going to be sold as the whole lot, or will people start to vulture pick? pieces out of that right will they somehow find a way to just get the ip or mm. certain ips will they just pick one of the studios or multiple of the studios yeah. will like, be can't we just get another realm? exactly will this fizzle out will they always stay as one it will be interesting because that wb it just doesn't seem quite right and it seems like something will happen here over the mm. next couple of years and a shake up and a move mike let's move over to story number three we have info regarding the top e3 conferences by peak concurrence uh it looks like nintendo was the most viewed one with 3.1 million peak concurrence uh followed by xbox with 2.3 million uh next up is ubisoft at 1.4 million and then square enix at 1.3 million and last we got devolver with 1.1 million uh concurrence uh you know that one doesn't surprise me uh, that Nintendo it w was the king there. People love the Nintendo Directs, and Nintendo obviously has such a passionate fan base that tunes in. Um, and yeah, like th th this one makes sense to me. We also got info regarding the um, most viewed E3 slash Summer Games Fest trailers on YouTube, with the number one being Elden Ring at 10.2 million views. Uh, next up, we got Battlefield 2042 uh, with 9.6 million plus views. And I do want to shout out Benji Sales. Benji Sales is the one who compiled this for us. 
Uh, we got Avatar Frontiers of Pandora with 7.7 million views. Starfield at 7.1 million views. Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel at 6.4 million views. Stalker 2 at 4.8 million. Riders Republic at 4.6 million. And Forza Horizon 5 reveal at 4.2 million. And of course, the thing to keep in mind is the fact that uh, this is going to be affected by like the day these trailers went up and all that stuff. And so Elden Ring, 10.2 million versus Zelda, which has 6.4 million. Zelda, uh, that trailer didn't come out until days and days after the Elden Ring uh, trailer. But with all of that in mind, Mike, how do you feel about these numbers? Oh, exciting numbers, right? Bless. I think we always assume they're going to get gigantic pull and a lot of traffic coming their way. But as well, you and I talked about it. E3 kind of shaky coming into this one, especially last year after canceling and the year prior, you know, sharing a lot of people's information, not people, people not looking too kindly at E3. I think bringing us all together for a big weekend of games really showed you that, hey, there's a lot of eyes out there and they all want to be a piece of this. They all want to be a part of it. And sure, would that same Nintendo Direct probably get the same amount of views if it was in some random Wednesday in August? Probably, but it is great to see like the other ones getting some love as well. Devolver Digital, 1.1 million, right? Would that still get that view count if it was in a random Wednesday somewhere else? Would these things still be propped up? So it is cool to see a lot of eyes on this. And then when you break down just the solo trailers, I mean, look at this. I'm blown away that Avatar, so much love for Avatar. I didn't think yeah. that people would boost that up towards the three spot you know i, I, I feel thought like uh, we're in the weird shaky. minority where like we don't care about that franchise but we do have to remember that it made a fuck ton of money and like didn't it overtake endgame again for like uh the uh, most uh uh financial like success highest, in the theater or whatever yeah box office, um, box office. it's just but again it's just so weird to me because like what did that movie come out like 2010 20... it was like a decade ago yeah yeah, yeah it was over a decade ago it, it is so interesting to see the talk around Avatar and like you either hear people who are like, I don't care about Avatar at all. Or it hasn't been relevant. And then I guess there's somebody out there who thinks Avatar is still relevant and Max the numbers Godel. show, right? People were very interested in seeing that. Another one you want to bring up, Bless, when you look at it, Stalker 2. Look at Stalker 2, 4.8 million in a, a list of like big time games next to Stalker oh, 2. Yeah. I'm surprised that that got so much love right there. I think Stalker 2 had a fantastic showing at the Xbox Game Showcase. You know, like I'm somebody who, who's never cared about Stalker. And looking at the Stalker 2 trailer, I was like, dude, I want to try this out. Like, this looks really fun. This looks mm -hmm. really cool. And it being connected to Xbox, I think, has such a big thing on it where it's like, cool. I don't just see this as a random game. I see this as an Xbox game, which I think is going to mean, which I think means makes it mean something different in terms of how people take to it. The fact that it was show, shown off on Xbox's uh, stage. And Mike, for what you said earlier, right, talking about um, the amount of views that we see from Devolver and Square Enix and Ubisoft, right, I think that is a very, that's a very good point regarding what is the purpose of E3? How do we, how do we see E3? Is E3 necessary? And I think you see that question get answered to various degrees of PlayStation, they dip out, they don't show up at E3 because why would they when they can just do their own thing and they're going to get the, the views regardless and they're going to be fine regardless where you see folks like uh, uh i'm sure like square annex and devolver connect themselves to e3 because you do get that boost there is something special about being able to be in the same showcase as nintendo and xbox and the big guys and be able to work together in this way where you know being able to say that you're having an e3 showcase means that people are going to tune in because e3 is this event 
that happens within this week, which means they're going to bring eyes. And I think that's such a big thing. Uh, that that's such a that's such a big argument in, as to why E three uh, is probably going to continue to exist in the future. There's something special about that. Um, and so I think you hit the nail on the head there. No doubt, bless. And I think as well when you look at that, I'm sure Nintendo and Xbox have that feeling as well of like we're the tent poles of this, but we're also going to allow other people to shine on this stage because when our names are attached to it, that means millions of eyes are coming. And when you put out the big weekend uh, festivities, these smaller developers are going to get their shine. If Xbox and Nintendo or one of the other wasn't there, these guys would not get the love that they need. So I think Xbox and Nintendo and, you know, some of the larger third parties probably feel that need to be like, Hey, we have to go out there and help them out as well. Right. Because it's all about picking each other up and lifting each other up into the light. And that's a big deal too. Mike, let's talk about story number four. Again, more Xbox news. Uh, do we have new Xbox game cases incoming? I'm pulling from Matt TM Kim at IGN. Barry, if you can pull up the thing we got here in the doc. Uh, it appears the Xbox Series X retail game box is getting a slight redesign. Pre-order listings for games like Halo Infinite and Microsoft Flight Simulator are sporting new looks at retailers like Best Buy. As you can see, the old case is actually the same, same one that Xbox One games used to retail in, except there's a Series X logo on, t- on the top right corner. By comparison, the new case completely removes the upper bar that reads Xbox in favor of a, of a bigger, bigger box art logo, uh, bigger box art logo, uh, and, a top le- and a top left corner banner denoting which Xbox systems the game is compatible with. IGN has learned that the packaging update is real and will begin rolling out later this year to let the game art take center stage. The corner banner also also more clear also more clearly identifies uh, which Xbox systems games like Halo Infinite will work on. Mike, how do you feel about this redesign, man? Does it work out for you? You know, bless it. It is a, a cleaner look, and I do like I like it when I'm looking at it. But I will miss that previous one that Barrett has up right here. I really love that optimized badge right there i like the Mm -hmm. banner of course if bear cuts to our ones really quick i am holding up like the old school xbox and ps2 uh console cases right and nothing cooler blessing than seeing that original xbox with the orange xbox live banner across that you look at oh i love them i I never this is what i always thought the original xbox cases were ugly as fuck I'm going to be honest. Really? Yeah. I thought there was like, they, they definitely got way better with the 360 era, but I, the OG Xbox uh, cases, I just never thought the, the PS2 oh, though, man. with like that all red greatest, uh, greatest hits. It's way cleaner yes. for some reason. It's way cleaner. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I like the new look. It will grow on me, but blessing in a digital age that we live in. I rarely, I mean, rarely ever buy any sort of physical game cases anymore. I've moved on into just digital only. So it will be interesting to see the people who kind of the collectors or the people that put them up on the shelves is that, you know, kind of binding looking good that will present the title of the game and the top of it is the front of it. Is that appealing to you? Because I think that's kind of plain and I don't really like the green and white and like the quarter banner that they got going on there. I actually Mm -hmm. prefer the full banner all the way across. I don't like the look of this. Yeah, Baird, if you go back to the the new one, the one thing I like that they're doing with it is that they are showing, they're giving the art 
of the game like more space to shine mm-hmm. which is a thing that i like a lot but i i do like if you go to the new one i like how slick the what where it says series x or if you go to the old one sorry barrett uh where it says series x and xbox one i like it's taking up less like vertical space if you know what i mean like it feels way more slick in that way and i do i do like the xbox logo at the top i like how strong that is i like how like bold that is as opposed to if you go back to the new one uh you know that's missing and then like it, it does feel like there's less identity there you know it feels like they're they're scaling back in a way that feels like they're trying to go more toward a minimalistic look and Which feels stylistically, more I don't know how much style. it's doing it for me. Yeah, like that's more PlayStation style to do that more like minimalist uh, type of thing. Someone in the chat also pointed out like if we look over here and, and also maybe like, yeah, like this isn't as close to the game logo as this. Like it feels like it's starting to yeah. crowd the game logo as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little weird. Yeah. I do, I do like the art taking up more of the box, though. And so that's the thing I'll shout out. But, yeah, you know, it is what, what it is. Cost, I'm with you, Mike, that I don't buy what cost games. blessing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we move on to story number five, of course, you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. But if you're listening to this right now, that means you didn't. So here's some ads. This show is brought to you by Burrow. Most of us haven't found our forever home, which makes buying furniture a double-edged sword. You're either buying some cheap futon that you'll just leave out on the curb someday, or you're investing in an expensive sofa that might last forever, but definitely becomes a pain in the butt when it's time to actually move. You think someone would have figured out how to create quality furniture built for the way we actually live, wherever we live? Well, someone has. Burrow. Burrow makes furniture easy to shop for. Shop for everything you need for your living room online. No far-flung warehouses, no high-pressure salespeople. Plus, Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need. Burrow makes furniture easy to assemble, easy to move. Burrow's innovative modular design and super helpful instructions makes assembling and disassembling your furniture quick and hassle-free. And when it's time to move, your Burrow furniture won't hold you back. It's furniture designed for the way you live. Their credenzas are actually tall enough to fit next gen consoles standing vertically their award-winning nomad sofa has a built-in usb charger for all-day power it makes things fast with free shipping on every order burrow can save you an average of a hundred dollars on large items like a couch and a logistics headache right now you can get 75 dollars off your first order at burrow.com games that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w.com games for 75 dollars off your burrow purchase burrow.com games Story number five, Bat for Blood is always online. Uh, this happened via a Twitter exchange at Phoenix Kai on Twitter tweeted out, uh, Bat for Blood can be played offline with AI teammates, correct? Uh, wanted to ask because, and this is them tweeting at Turtle Rock, I imagine. Wanted to ask because on the PlayStation Store, it says online play required. Really, really would like to know before I make the purchase, please, Turtle Rock Studios is hiring. I don't know what the Turtle Rock Studios is hiring things from. Uh, <laughs> Greg, what are, you, what are you doing when you're making this doc? Uh, Turtle Rock responded, uh, we're looking into ways we could support offline for the future, but you'll need an internet connection to play at launch i don't think that one's surprising i mean back for blood i've always viewed as an online game uh they've not talked about single player you know i like that mike how do you feel about games being always online especially for a game like this that you associate with online co-op man it's a tough one bless because when we really get down into the nitty-gritty when you look at only online games now you're hoping for a big community right especially with a game like this where if that community dies off and i can't play by myself offline with bots or even by myself in a solo lobby, then I start to get worried, Bless, because what if 
this audience dies out quickly. What if I come back and have this game on sale for five to 20 bucks six months from now and I'm struggling to find a lobby? I'm having problems. And so I definitely think this is interesting for offline play and always online. I don't know, Bless. I, I'm a guy mm-hmm. who says you got to have the options nowadays. I don't think everybody's ready to play full online. It doesn't seem like everybody wants to always be online either. Mm-hmm. Do you know if they've talked about having bots for the game or having options for people who might not want to play like online with people specifically? Is that what no, they talked about? This is one when I read this, I was like, man, I guess I should deep dive into this because when we played mm-hmm. on the beta, that person was just standing there until somebody kicked on and actually engaged being online with them. So I'm worried that like if you do go in solo, those two, you know, bots, quote unquote, are just going to stand there and not move. Or what if the game doesn't begin until you have actually fully three? So there's a lot of question marks now reading this in my mind of like, okay, well, now we got to look into it. Positive thing about Game Pass is that player audience is going to boost, right? And this game does support cross play. So, you know, you will get a good boost from that Game Pass of like people aren't paying $60 for this game. They're jumping in. And so hopefully we won't have those problems. Yeah, yeah, and I do, I do like that they responded saying we're looking into ways we can we can support offline for the future, which tells me that they are listening, and you know, hopefully this doesn't become a problem. Um, you know, the, it launching on Game Pass is gonna ha- give it such a player base at launch, and if it does run into that thing where later on it starts to struggle for a player base, hopefully by that time they would have figured it out and provided an option for people to play offline. Let's talk about story number six: Tetris Effect. Crossplay is incoming. Uh, this comes from a press release. Cross-platform play between all current versions of the game, uh, PS4, Epic Game Store, Oculus Quest, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and Microsoft Store PC, including Xbox Game Pass, as well as the highly anticipated Steam version, uh, uh, all, sim, all sim shipping in late July. Hmm. I do not know what that means. Uh, bonus features include spectator mode as well as PAL and slow speed modes coming to all versions of the game. Again, this is what you get when Greg Miller makes the doc and I dive into it blind. I'm like, I don't know. Is this, is this verbatim? Is there, is there an error here? Uh, an, owner's, an owner's beta test available as a separate download to all accounts who own a copy of Tetris Effect on the Epic Games Store or on, on the Epic Games or Microsoft Stores, Xbox or on PS4. Uh, let's see. An invite-only closed beta test starting starting this week and running through July 5th on some of the same platforms as the owner's beta, but also included also including invited Steam and Oculus Quest users. This seems like a lot of like details regarding how you can do crossplay. But Mike, for you, does that does that get you excited? Are you going to do crossplay for Tetris Effect? Uh, I'm absolutely awful at Tetris, so I hate Tetris with a passion. Um, but I really do love Tetris Effect, and I have many friends who enjoy it. And I think this is another one, right? My 2021 wish list, bless. Or multiplayer are simple cross play cross progression i want a dope spectate mode if you can make that happen and i always want to see them elevate that and so thinking bringing in cross play always gets a nice little bump in your game gets people excited but it's the right thing to do especially for tetris effect who has been out for quite some time now you get that player base to start sharing these connections and adding in cool bonus modes like a spectator mode i'm into that idea so i'll definitely check it out for a weekend and see what that's all about Hell yeah. More for game updates. Story number seven, we're getting a Knockout City event. A new a new mid-season in-game event, Heat Wave, taking place Tuesday, June 22nd through Monday, July 5th. Uh, you can tune into the live stream at 24... Mm, okay, this seems like a link. This seems like it's linking out to something. Greg, what I need... First of all, what I need from chat is a chant, all right? Hashtag Greg sucks, 
All right, get that chant, go chant going in Let chat. Uh, uh, Greg, for the future, what I need is like a is like a good editing process, like a good editing process here, so I know what I'm reading, what I'm not reading. During the heat wave event, dodge brawlers can uh, can beat that summer heat by collecting ice pops hidden all over the sprawling knockout city maps. Players then have the chance to unlock cool limited li limited time items like an ice cream truck glider or an intro pose where they lounge in a beach chair sipping a drink. If they can compete. Complete matches, find the ice pops, and earn heat wave tickets redeemable in the the heat wave event shop. Completing all heat wave contracts unlocks the legendary ultimate hologram, the fire hydrant. Uh, exciting new playlists will also become available, including on June twenty second. You're getting party face off. Uh, you're also getting one v one with all special balls. Classic face off rules, uh, danger zone, no border warnings, etc. Uh, then on June 29th, you're getting triple team chaos. You're getting two v two v two team free for all. You're getting first team to fifteen KOs wins the match. Uh, and then there's a lot more coming to Knockout City Season One, even after Heat Wave is over, with new playlists, weekly crew contracts, and more surprises on the way. Mike, I absolutely love this as you know absolutely adore knockout city i am damn near addicted to the game and so like for me one of the big asks toward the beginning beginning of it was that they would continue to update it with new modes new maps and all that good stuff and they're doing a phenom phenomenal job of doing that like they are updating way more rapidly than i would have even expected from them and so this is all amazing news i think you can see at this team they get it right they know that they need to keep the content coming out at a rapid fire pace they need to keep you engaged and what i really like for this heat wave event is it's not just an event where you just kind of tune up you just jump in and you play x amount of games i like when they add the element of no you actually do something different in the game right go hunt down these popsicles that are hidden on every single map because now it gets you excited to play now you're like oh i gotta play this map i gotta run over here and collect this popsicle on this side or we got to go do that. It was like when Fall Guys added the penguins. If you remember that, they had penguins randomly on maps. And if you carried it across the finish line, you'd get a certain prize. I think of Fortnite right now with the alien artifacts and like how that entices me to play and keep exploring the map. So I think they're really doing a good job in finding that cadence of what they need to do. One that entices me, Bless, and I think you, me, and Barrett will really like classic face-off rules, danger zone, no border warnings i like that i think that yeah. seems like it's kicking up that level of play to the next level and like yeah. getting it really difficult i love this idea look forward to giving it a try so yeah i'm with you bless i'm really excited about that and i'm enjoying it a lot i hope that people are still on it i want to see the numbers from the first block party down to the drop off of now you have to pay for the game to where we are now heading up like about a month into release where the player base at i will say yeah. matchmaking does seem to take a little longer uh, okay okay recently especially in like the last week uh the no border warnings i feel like is it's something from like the uh league play of uh 1v1 like ranked play uh where you don't get any like uh warning of when you're being targeted so yeah i'm, I'm glad that they're uh doing more with that what's up mike Oh, no, oh, keep going back, yeah, keep going. Uh, I'll go afterwards, yeah, yeah. And then uh, one that I'm interested in is the uh, 2v2v2. That, that'll be fun. Um, it sucks that I'm going to miss a lot of the uh, the heat wave thing, though. I'll be in uh, oh. I'll be in Cleveland, so I, I, I won't be able to bring anything to, to play. So it hurts. Yeah, I see OMGLX in our chat right now. He says, Mike, remember when you thought this game was going to be dead after two weeks? It's funny because I was going to end this segment and ask, Hey, everybody out there listening on YouTube or podcast services, leave a comment down below. Let me know, are you still playing this game on the regular? Do you think it's still going? Barrett brought up that matchmaking is taking a little bit longer. 
I would love to know what that drop off is on this, you know? Yeah, yeah I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm wondering how, how much longer we see Knockout City continue to, mm -hmm. to, to get uh, play from like our audience and like the, the amount of players that it's ha having currently because I'm obsessed with it. I don't foresee when I'm going to stop playing Knockout City. Like it'll have to be big releases kind of detouring me from playing it before I stop playing that game because I'm absolutely in love with it. Um, but yeah, I do, I do wonder what that longevity looks like for them. But they're doing a great job of, of mm -hmm. maintaining it. They're doing a good job oh. of updating it and, people, and keeping people involved. They came out at a perfect time as well, Bless, right? We're in that kind of spring, early summer slump right now. And you bring out a game that had the free block party. You have crossplay ready to go. It ran super smooth right off the bat. And there's really nothing around us, right? Nothing that will keep your attention multiplayer-wise that's going to jump out at you and steal you away from this game. So if they can keep that momentum, continue to build the trust and the faith in their audience and get them excited, you could hold out for throughout the summer before a big release is so Hopefully they can catch that wave and ride this wave. Yep, yep. Oh, by the way, chat, y'all killed it with the hashtag Greg sucks chant. I do need, I need a follow up. All right, I wanna, I wanna hashtag we love Greg chant because he did. He, I, I, I do want to give it to him where he did make the stock for me. He did need to do that. You know, he did put in the work. And of course, we love Greg here. It's all tug and cheek. And so, give me a, give me a hashtag we love Greg chant in chat as well. Let's wrap this up with story number eight. It Takes Two has sold two million copies. Hazelight tweeted that this morning uh, on Twitter. Hashtag it's It Takes Two has sold two million. Uh, we're simply amazed by the passion you wonderful people have shown our game. And we couldn't be happier seeing so many fans of co-op out there. This is awesome. Like, I love Hazelight. It Takes Two is an amazing game. Uh, it's awesome to see that it, it's been selling incredibly well. And it's awesome to see, like more people out there playing it than it seems even played a way out like if when i'm scrolling through like TikTok or i'm scrolling through the, the timeline i'll see people randomly playing it on stream and it's, it's that thing of like okay cool this has reached zeitgeist like people are people are out here playing this game and having a phenomenal time with it yeah joseph ferris and the team have done it again and they continue to prove that there is a marketplace for these online co-op games where you can play with a friend and enjoy the handcrafted story that they've created and Enjoy the gameplay as well. Blessing, you and I have spoke about this, but to see where it went from a way out to this and the things, the foundation you saw in that first game into now and the things that they've elevated to keep you playing from the mini games to the different puzzle aspects, they've really found their groove. And I'm so happy and pleased to see that they hit that marker and know like, hey, that team's going to come back again with another game now that means, right? They're going to continue to move forward and, you know, maybe Xbox should acquire them. Just throwing it out there. But... Like Damn. I'm happy to know that this Damn. team. I'm happy to know that this team is gonna make another game, right? That shows you they're not gonna go back to the drawing board and be like, "Well, damn, we didn't hit our sales numbers. We're gonna have to give up on this and kind of disintegrate." Now we know they're gonna go, and I'm really excited for that because I love these games that they create. Yeah, like I, it's awesome to see that they're gonna create another game, and it'll likely be more of what they're good at and more of what they love, right? They found a great niche doing this uh two-player co-op game where you're going back and forth in a split screen and that's not a thing we get much of like who out here in the triple a space is making that type of game nobody really the fact nobody. that Hazelight has has carved out that space for themselves and they're able to keep making that consistently under a big publisher that is such a such a special and rare thing that i appreciate so much because it takes two as a game does so many things that are super unique outside of even just the co-op like moment to moment in it takes two you are doing a a wildly different thing mechanically they go places story-wise which 
uh, felt very fresh and interesting and and and, and cool. Uh, uh, even like a lot of the weird PvP stuff that they throw in there felt very much like a we want to we we just want to make something that is fun and something that is going to have people bond together. And they absolutely nailed that. And so I can't wait for the next Haze Light game. Another one, two blessing. Crazy I'll to think about that they hit the two million copies sold. And it also has a buddy pass, right? So you got to think as well, like mm. that's incredible to think of like, cause I buy it and then I can just share it with you and we can play through the full game. Sure. You don't get certain aspects like achievements and trophies, but like, would that double the games being sold? Does it help it being sold? Because we don't have to buy it twice. Right. Cause you look at this game, it is always co-op, right? You need a second person. And so I think that's really, really awesome to know that the buddy pass system works and they're still selling copies. Hell yeah. Mike, the next Haze Light game is probably so far away. If I wanted what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? Bless, I would tell you to go seek out the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got RuneScape uh, officially launches on iOS and Android. The Witcher Tales Thronebreaker is now available on Android. Metal Unit is now live on Nintendo Switch. And then uh, this is from GameSpot. Xbox Series X owners can now update their consoles with the latest software from Microsoft. While the update doesn't include many revolutionary changes for all players, it does add new accessibility options in the form of speech-to-text and text-to-speech. So Ooh. get on that. I've tested that out. It works really well. Oh, really? Yeah, I've like tested what? that out. It's really impressive, Bless. Oh, so that's awesome. what it does is up on your screen, you can actually choose where this text block will go. And mm -hmm. on the flip side, if you are using speech to text or if you're using text to speech, me and my friends, if we're talking to you, it will actually catch all of the party chat and put it into text on the screen for you, wherever you want to put it. And it is fast. It is on point. It bleeps out certain curse words, which is really nice. It does have a oh, filter awesome. on it, it seems. But it is pretty incredible how fast it can turn out your words and put it into text. And on the flip side, if you're not talking, Blessing, you could type into that party chat, and then an AI will actually read off all of those words into our headphones for us to listen to on the text-to-speech, which is really, really cool. And another awesome little accessibility feature that Xbox and the team have really created and done well with. So... That's one to highlight. If you haven't checked it out, go give it a try. But then on a on a joke one there, bless. I got to mm -hmm. download RuneScape right now. Y'all talking RuneScape? I love RuneScape. Bless. We talking RuneScape, baby. Mike, I mean, yo, if you're about to download it on mobile, I, I might download it too because I love RuneScape back in the day. Blessing, I used to play you're that shit. Not gonna play fourth grade. RuneScape. Fourth grade in the computer lab. Me you're and the homies. Oh my go god, back. we would meet stop up in RuneScape. It, blessing, dude. Stop I'll it. play for a good hour you're gonna Before play I'm like, okay, for a this. good 20 minutes you're just feeling the fomo right now because you, Dude, you know RuneScape. you got a bad fomo we could play a good games. we could do a good stream of that bless just you and i let's just get the runescape out for three hours and then never go back you know what i mean my we just get listen, it done I'll play it i am not playing runescape for three hours oh, <laughs> i'll play man. it for maybe half an hour to an hour and a half <laughs> probably tops <laughs> but i do want to check it out just for like that that like little boost of nostalgia you know what i mean i love that little boost of nostalgia uh, new dates for you. We got Boomerang X and action-packed action first-person Boomeranger uh, will launch subsequently uh, on Switch and PC on July 8th. And then Proto Corgi open fires August 26th on PC and Switch. 
Uh, Cyberhook launches on June 24th on Nintendo Switch, and then Recompile, uh, the new trailer has revealed an August release window coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. We got a deal of the day for you. Xbox free play days. Uh, squad up and breach your enemy's location. Survive the muddy trenches of World War One and hit and hit bombs on the golf course. <laughs> Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, uh, Verdon, and PGA Tour 2K21 are all available for Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members to play from Thursday, June 17th uh, at 12:01 uh, a.m. Pacific Time until Sunday, June 20 June 20th at 11:59 p.m. Pacific Daily. Or Pacific Daylight Time. That's one of those ones where I started off on the paragraph and I was like, I have no idea where the fuck we're about to land here. <laughs> and when we got to Rainbow Six Siege for an NPJ tour, I was like, thank God. Okay, this makes a lot more sense than where this started off from. So I'm glad we got here, everybody. Remember, you can go over to, to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Oh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, Nanobiologist says, Miss New Day, Plague Tale Innocence, PS5, Series X slash S and Cloud, uh, hits July 6th. Okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, so Plague Tale Innocence, next gen is going to be everywhere on July 6th. Mm, Okay. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. And I think that's pretty much it for counterfunny.com. Nice. Not bad, Absolutely bless for it. us coming hot off of another event. Not bad, good yeah. job. Hell yeah. Uh, tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch after this, it's nothing. That's the end of the day. We're going uh, we to raid Janet. We're going to raid Janet Garcia. Yeah. Um, and we we reacted live to the Xbox presentation, so go watch that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week uh, at 10 a.m. live, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Of course, I've been Blessing. That's been Mike. That's been Barrett. Uh, we have a post show coming up if you're subbed to patreon.com slash Games. But if you're not, peace out. Bye. <laughs>